When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. The No Nonstop Vikings Talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. I want to thank everybody for, for coming out. We'd love to see each and every one of you in the Niners come in here to practice next week, being just as loud as you were tonight, and make sure you do something for me. At our stadium, we should never, ever see the other team's color in the stands. I don't want to see any green. I don't want to see any yellow. Nothing but purple at U.S. Bank Stadium on September 11th. We love you guys. Thank you very much. Kevin O'Connell, man. How, how would you enforce that, by the way? Could, could the Vikings forcibly, could they put security out front? And if they if they happen to see a little Good green luck. and gold, like a Brett Favre jersey or Rodgers, could they prevent you from walking into the arena? Let's just say this. This is the same stadium at which... They brought in enough equipment to scale the trestle there to hang from it during a Bears-Vikings game, okay? I don't like their chance of enforcing anything. I just hope that they can stop the real bad guys. (laughs) That's my only hope. But, yeah, that was... uh, Aaron Rodgers is the real bad guy, right? And I wonder if if O'Connell's been told exactly how how, uh, the amount of Packer fans actually work their way into that stadium, too. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, getting it from like 30% green and gold down to 10% would be, I think, a, right. <laughs> a goal. That's, and there's a lot of Packer fans. Don't they buy season tickets just for that game, too? I I've heard from yeah, I don't I know Vikings fans who buy season tickets at like in Chicago just so they can have mm-hmm. the Vikings game, and then they sell the rest of the tickets. And like, can you stop? Like, here, I guess my question is this. How do you stop a Vikings uh, season ticket holder from selling their tickets to Packer fans? Because I think a lot of them fund the, the rest of the games by selling their Packer tickets. I mean, you gotta, you got to ramp up security. you got to go door-to-door. you gotta, you got to have a presence inside the homes of Viking season ticket holders and make sure that they're not going on their phones on StubHub. Okay? Inside the homes. <laughs> Send your security staff to like every, ah, oh, what are you doing there? Who, who are you texting? Uh, this is Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. No green and gold allowed on this show either. And the show is presented by our friends at TCL. No matter what you watch, TCL has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, always stunning picture quality. And TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, home appliances, TCL, bringing you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. These aren't just Judd's camp notes today. These are Judd's five night practice observations. It's like a spinoff of Judd's camp notes under the lights last night. Yes. Yes. So five observations made from the press box because this 
practice, of course, was held in the stadium at TCL. Binoculars in oh, hand, yeah. field glasses in play. So, like, this was serious. This yeah, is prime, prime time. Got prime time Kirk Cousins to be judged, it, too. Exact, exactly right. Exactly right. So, observations off the night practice five, and we're going to start with one that continues to be a recurring positive theme when it comes to 2002 Vikings training camp, and it's this. Greg Joseph continues. There, there he is with field glasses. There he is. Hold on. <laughs> Right back at you. Yeah. Right back at you. Field glasses. These... Can't find that first loss. I don't know where it is. Mm, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Well, here, here. Use these. Judd can find a couple for sure. I found a couple losses with these suckers. All right. Greg Joseph continues to be excellent. Last night, uh, towards the end of, of the practice, he got the biggest cheer. He made seven of eight field goal attempts near the end of the practice. He missed from 41 yards on a ball where I think the snapper hold was not great. But he made his last three kicks from, get this, 50, 54, and 58 yards with room to spare. Um, Dare I say it? Dare I jinx it? Um, I haven't seen a Vikings kicker look this confident in a long time, and he looks really good. And what can go wrong when a Vikings kicker yeah. feels and looks confident? He did doink the post Nothing on historic. an earlier kick, but that wasn't an official training camp try, I don't think. And there was a wind gust. You know, it was the conditions were much, much more difficult outdoors at the practice facility than indoors at U.S. Bank Stadium. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, confident, and, and O'Connell did say uh, in talking about Joseph before the practice, he said that the assistant coaches basically try and get out of jo- Joseph's way to not, like, bug him or try and get in his, his head. O'Connell said, I, I talk to him all the time because I want to get in his, his head, and I felt like saying the previous guy would swear at him and snarl if you want to talk about So, like... O'Connell, Wait, so O'Connell is saying that he's he's purposely trying to mess yeah. with Greg Joseph, or what? Yeah, but in a way that's not as de- as as destructive as Mike did. But yes, he's saying that he's trying to like create create some tension a little bit to try and mirror you know at least yeah. some of the pressures that he's going to face, which I'm fine with. It's just funny compared to what Joseph previously had, which was a guy who despised his existence. I like what PJ Fleck does at practice sometimes, which he'll just like blow an air horn behind the the other. Okay, the ball's being snapped, and he'll just like do something that you would never have happen like during that. a game. But um, yeah, I would love I would love to see I would love to see Kevin O'Connell ramp up the pressure on these. So I feel like you're getting people excited about preseason kicking here, and I just want to nothing that happens here in the next few weeks can take away decades of kicking no. angst among Vikings fans. So uh, sure. while I'm, it's nice to hear these updates on Greg Joseph, yes. I need to see you knock the 37-yarder home at the end of an Arizona game, you know? It's great. Congratulations on the 58-yarder yeah, at absolutely. practice under the lights. But, I, you know, we need those, those kicks inside 30 seconds of the fourth quarter. As poorly as things went with Mike and Kirk in quarterbacks, aside from Teddy in general, I guess my takeaway right now is that the position that you could embolden the quickest is kicker, right? Like, it's not a position where O'Connell has to come in and articulate a game plan to Joseph. It's not like all he has to do is not be a jerk, and I think that that helps. 
So, so I guess my question is, if the previous kickers had been treated like not football players, but sor- sort of the potential head cases that they probably are, what's the success? And I just, I don't see how a kicker, aside from a very few, ever benefits from being treated like a football player. You know, you're, you missed, you suck. Okay, that's great. It's destructive. So... Wasn't I'm Adam Vinatieri was kind of? I feel like Vinatieri was kind of treated like a fo- like a real football player. I feel like Seabass was probably too, cause, just because I loved him because he was nuts. Oh, he was awesome. Yeah. He was the size of a real football player for sure, offensive yep. lineman. Exactly right. Exactly All right. right. So All good right. news on Joseph. Okay. Good news. Exactly right. I started off with good news. Now we get to a little bit dicier news. I wouldn't call this bad news, but it's it's dicier. And of course, it involves quarterback play. Kirk Cousins. All right. So. I actually pu- pulled out the old, uh, the old cheap uh, college notebook last night and charted the plays just to see like completions and stuff. Now I couldn't do yards because it, it went too quick. Um, but Jud- I did. Do- Judd's math brain doesn't operate. Oh, it does not quite no. that fast. Are you kidding? No way. I mean, seriously, that's you exactly can even do right. like estimates. Okay, they're snapping it from the thirty. Okay, oh, I did that at no, that. But I'm saying, like, if Kirk threw a pass, I couldn't do a yard. I didn't have a good gauge on on the exact travel. Uh, so well, like, I could- and there's there's not much yak, you know. There's no yak because because like they can't they can't tackle each other, right? Exactly. Yeah, so exactly right. So observation yeah. two. Kirk Cousins completed his first pass of the team drills to Justin Jefferson. Then, and this is one ones versus ones, then he came back about three plays after that and overthrew Jefferson on a deep ball by about four yards. The touch isn't there yet. I can definitely say that. Like, Cousins definitely has touch. Um, the touch is, I, I would say right now, probably a work in progress. Hmm. By my count on the evening, Cousins... 10 of 18, four passes to J.J., six of them to K.J. Osborne, four completions there. And and at the end, end of practice, before Joseph started to kick, two-minute drill, Cousins, six of eight, before Joseph came on and kicked a 45-yard field goal. Um, and here's my general takeaway. My general takeaway from watching Kirk is the touch is not th- there yet, which is absolutely fine, because that's... You know, I, I think he's proven that he, he can definitely have touch on passes. Um, but in watching this thing, and this is my question for the opener, so there's still time here. It's very clear he's still thinking. Like he is, and it's not a disaster. Like it's not a, I'll get get to Mond. It's not a, oh my God, what's he doing? It's awful. But it is a definite thought process that I think I think O'Connell's goal is the speed of the offense is going to be a pretty good tempo um, in play, I should say. And I, I would, I think it's safe to say after watching last night from the press box, that tempo that they probably want in play is not there yet. This is very interesting because it's likely that Kirk won't play in preseason games. I would yeah, think question, there's no. been no indication. I know you tried to, didn't you try to sniff one of those out in a press conference yeah, I last week? I tried to week? smoke it out. I was unsuccessful. <laughs> Just rejected you, which we'll I've get to I've been rejected a, clip. a few times. Are we going to play a clip of KOC rejecting Judd at some point? Yes, okay. it's going to be incredible. Okay. It, it was uh, not incredible. I wanted more of an answer. Oh, well, we'll see. We'll let the, the tape speak for itself. <laughs> the tape's not pretty. This clip. I didn't get what I wanted. Uh, but, um, yeah, I think... I, I, 
I, I would feel a little better if, oh, hey, don't worry, you got three preseason games to get there, but they're they're basically going to have to get up to speed offensively and tempo wise in practice with each other outside of the Forty ers scrimmage. Is it later this week? So, um, yeah, this is this is not uncommon. I think installing new offenses, they mm-hmm. tend to you're not going to have it all click the second week, but they have been working on it throughout OTA's minicam. So, not time to panic yet. But could there be a slow start to the season with Green Bay, road game against Philadelphia, installing a new offense? It wouldn't shock me if all those factors added up to a slow start and then you get into some easier games on your schedule. We'll see. Observation number three. Kellen Mond, baby. Kellen Mond. So so, um, at the end of practice, Cousins ran the the two – minute drill and then monded now interestingly enough practice came to an end after that so Mannion did not get to run this like to me that's sort of a defining thing it's very intriguing that mond was the quarterback to run it with the backups and and sean did not get a chance all right but that being said it was an unmitigated disaster Mm -hmm. it was a disaster mond was three of seven the drive stalled out of field goal range. He took a sack, or what would have been a sack, if he actually could have been brought to the ground, at his own th- 37. Um, to start the night, his first pass was really nice because it was a first read crossing route, bang. Because he can throw. Like, I'm not saying he can't play. He can throw the ball. But, my God, uh, he, he the processing thing and... and um, Chris Reed was, again, for a second consecutive day, uh, the backup center to Bradbury. So he worked with the second team. Shotgun snap, which was absolutely fine. Mon just dropped it. Mm. And he has dropped. And and so this is not all Reed. Mon has, I would say, flat out dropped two to three snaps. Um, and could they have been better? Perhaps. I don't know. But they need to be caught. Uh, but this is, this provided confirmation. That despite the fact that he might look the part, and despite the and and if the first read is open and he can go to him, he's absolutely fine. Uh, but when you are indecisive enough in a two minute drill to take a sack, he didn't get rid of the ball. Like he took, he basically took the sack. Uh, you got problems. This was a, I would say, I've already been been trying to sound the alarm on Mons being prepared to play. This to me was eye-opening, though, in just how far away he definitely is. So they're giving him every chance, despite the fact that he's kind of swimming in it right now. And this is probably what this maybe this is their strategy. Listen, dude, we don't have five years, so we're going to we're going to throw you in the deep end just like everyone else. Everyone else is learning the same system at the same time. And if at the end of the day you can't swim in the deep end, then we 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 want to know that in in the month of August so Mm -hmm. that we can have our eyes open and our minds clear as we survey the waiver wire uh, later in the month, once teams cut down to a fifty-three, right? You might as well get, you might as well smoke this information out now. Yes. Then, then, yes. then not really be sure in three weeks from now. This is a great time to fi- find out, and I think when it comes to Mannion, you know what you have. Like, so I, I agree. Their their strategy is dead on correct. Which is with Sean, we sort of know. Um, with Kellen, we don't. You're finding out. Now, I, I did get a tweet uh, from a guy yesterday throwing out a potential backup QB name. It's not going to 
excite you at first, but this person's point was he knows the system and he's the type of guy who can be a backup. Blake Bortles. What would you think of Blake Bortles? Uh, I mean, better than they have on the roster right now. See, that's what I was backup. thinking. So, yeah. Like, like, it doesn't excite me one bit, and I wouldn't want to have to play him. Um, but again, I just want a guy that can actually sort of look like he knows what he's doing. And if Mon plays, I'm going to tell you right now, the first couple, like, exotic blitz packages, he's going to be on the ground. Like, you're not going to have a chance. He's, yeah, well, or, or he's going to try to run. People make fun of Blake Bortles, and rightfully so, because he's right. been an absolute bust as a starting quarterback. But if the if if the bar that we're talking about here is can you be better than the options the Vikings currently have if if thrown in for a half or two or three weeks or something? Correct. You know, Blake Bortles is a guy that didn't he once throw for four thousand yards in a season? Like he's he's at least been there before. So yeah, I'm just pulling up uh, Blake Bortles. Oh, I can't find him. I'm on, I'm on his college page, but I'm pretty sure he had like a 4,000 yard season at one point with the Jaguars. Yeah. So yeah, like g- give me a guy that's actually won some games before. And because correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think Sean Mannion's ever quarterbacked a game in which his team has won. Right? I think he's 0 3 as a starter. Yes, so they do, they literally don't have a backup quarterback on their roster that's ever won an NFL game before. Yep. Think and about Bort- that for a moment. And Bortles at least would would step into a system that he is familiar with part of it now. Mannion is too. And that's the funny thing. Mannion processes this thing fine. He just can't really play. Like mm-hmm. like last night. He just can't. He means well. That's the greatest thing that I could possibly say. He means well and he's I think a nice he knows. Guy. And a I nice think guy. he know and I think he knows exactly what he's looking at, and I think he knows exactly what he's supposed to do. Big difference though in professional sports from knowing those things and being able to execute them at at a level that can at least lead to a victory. Did you know Blake Bortles once yep. led the NFL in game-winning drives in 2015? Oh. He led the NFL with four game-winning drives. The 2017 wow. Jaguars, which I believe went to the NFC Championship game, went 10-6 and six mm-hmm. with Bortles as a game-managing quarterback with one of the best defenses in the league. So, yes, like he has started... 73 games in the NFL yeah. and uh, and spent 2019, as you said, as a Rams backup. Has not actually started a game since 2018, but yes, I am. Is he just on a couch right now? He's not in a camp or anything? I don't know. He might be in a camp. But if he is, you can pry him away. Yeah, you're not going to That's not, not going to be a tough a one. <laughs> I need a second-round pick for Blake Bortles. Uh, how about a, a, a sandwich? Okay, yeah. send me the sandwich for Blake Bortles. I'll take that. So uh, last night, before we get to your final two night practice observations here, I, I, I'm up in northern Minnesota here. I'm, up, I'm actually staying at the very lavish Grandview Lodge for mm-hmm. some Hubbard Radio mm-hmm. Company very meetings nice. this week. Classing it up. And uh, a co-worker and I went into a great little dive bar. We were just looking for a couple little greasy sandwiches, you know, some fries. And I walk in, and one of the first things we hear is, Phil Mackey. And it was loyal listener Derek, Derek Duncan, who's been listening to the show Purple Daily Mackey and Judd for about a year. And I just want to say for two things. Number one, Derek, you are with your with your uh, wonton recommendation last night at this bar. They had these cheesy wontons oh, with, like, yeah. bacon in them. It was oh. unbelievable. Hell, yeah. I want to officially make listener Derek the chief bar food officer Bravo. of Vikings Twitter and Purple Daily. So we have a new member of the nice. Purple Daily and, and Vikings Twitter cabinet, the chief bar food officer. 
And he, he made a comment to me. He's like, you know, I'm looking to maybe lose a couple pounds myself. And I said, oh, that's interesting. Well, because uh, I have a friend named Judd over here who's lost 40 pounds with our friends at Livia. So listen up, Derek. Exactly right. In fact, I'm going to tell you right now, you know what? A couple pounds, like Phil just said, how about 40? How about 30? How about as many as you want? And Derek, here's the best part. They will also help you keep that weight off. That's right. So you don't just drop the pounds, but then you maintain that. I've, as Phil said, dropped 40 pounds. My wife, Dawn, she's on the program, too. She's dropped around 14 pounds. She is in a work in progress like I was. But the Zolgat household down 50-plus pounds. And, Derek, you can join us, too. You know what? In fact, you're part of the family. Join us. Um, it's And right now, it is Livia's exclusive end-of-summer anniversary offer, and you can join the program for 50% off. Derek, 50% off. Think about that. What a deal. How? 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com. L-I-V-E-A.com. Lose the weight. And then, as I keep saying, most importantly, keep it off. Livia.com. 50% off. Pretty good there. I, I'm looking at Declan over there. He looks like he's got an itch for some fantasy football. Oh, Not going to lie. Absolutely. The, the puppies here for my friends. Not just the puppy who uh, has a little bit of a case of the kettle cough back at home. That's a different story. We're dealing Done with, with that. That's fun. Done with kennels. But, uh, with, but I will yeah. say I, I have a feeling for the puppy with my friends at Underdog Fantasy, which is the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. Just a $5 entry to enter you for the puppy for the entire season. And there is up to... $2 million, multiple million dollars in prizes if you win the puppy. There's places if you finish like 10,000th, you can still get a little bit of a payout, right? So there's plenty of options with Underdog Fantasy. They have some great pick em options. We got NFL preseason this weekend. Inject it all into my veins. I'm excited for Underdog Fantasy. And if you join now with promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R, they will double your first deposit up to $100. Download the Underdog Fantasy app, promo code SCORE, and they'll double your first deposit up to 100 bucks. Underdog Fantasy. All right, back to Judd's night practice observations. Okay, so before the practice started, O'Connell talked. Daniil Hunter talked. Came out in some shades. You're going to see it in a second. Looked like the coolest guy on the face of the the earth. And I asked him about a very simple thing. I said, what are the challenges, good and bad, of moving around the defensive line? So, like, like he is used to ordinarily being at... Left end, right end a bit at times, I think, in 2021. But now he's going to be going against guards, centers, ends, tackles. Declan, play the clip of what Daniil Hunter responded with. You know, and that's where Z comes in. He's been playing inside, and um, he came over and he taught me whatever he knows about playing inside, taught the other guys. And um, it's definitely been a plus, you know, because now I'm starting to see things about being on the inside and rushing the inside guard, center, whomever. So... It's definitely been a plus with him and just being able to see things faster with him telling me what he knows. And that's important. That's important because these two are really, really tight, which I, I think is going to, to help. Um, tricks of the trade, right? And and uh, Smith, at one point last night, Darius had a sack of Mond on a nice play. Um, the fact is this. If these two, and we continue to talk about this, but it's important. If these two stay healthy... Uh, I think that this is going to be potent. I'm, I'm going to go out on a, 
on a, a small limb right now because I don't think it's very large and say I think that these two, if they can stay on the field, is going to be absolutely po- uh, potent. And Hunter looks fantastic. I mean, he well, looks well great. these these were statistically, according to just total pressures in 2019, these were the two best pass rushers in the NFL. Number one and number two, Zadarius Smith led the NFL. I think I think they combined for like 180 pressures or something in 2017 or 2019. Now, that's three years ago, and three years in the NFL can be an eternity, but age-wise, they're both still in their prime. So if they can even be 80 to 90% of what they were and stay on the field, I'm with you. Not enough people are talking about the potential of what this pass rush could be again. Without Zadarius Smith, in the first seven games of last year, the Vikings had the best pass rush in the NFL in terms of sack percentage and pressures generated. Yes. And so now you're adding Zadarius Smith and a new defensive scheme to that mix and Harrison Phillips. I mean, come on. This this people should probably be talking more about this, but I think it's just the injuries are preventing it from being top of mind around the league. My excitement about seeing um th- these two as well, especially Hunter lined up against interior linemen is extremely high. Like this is what we wanted for how long? Um this guy's an athlete. He is a phenomenal. He he can he can put a hand in the ground, right yeah. in the grass. Football. He can he can stand up and rush. But can you imagine a center like dude snaps the ball and ninety nines on top of him? He's gonna bowl him over. Good luck. Good luck. So Good luck. I think this is gonna be. I I own, I really hope that they both can stay on the field consistently because I think that that if they do. By the end of the season, they will be among the top three fun storylines. Jefferson for sure, right? Like, like there's there's a lot to like skill position wise and offensively. But if you have these two on the field for let's say fifteen games, I think it's going to be as much fun to watch them defensively um, you know, as lots of things. You know, if if you did the exercise of ranking every team in the NFL based on if everything goes right for them and everyone stays healthy, which is obviously an unrealistic scenario, but just like the peak potential of every team in the NFL, the Vikings are up there, but it's the, it's the question marks about health. And is there another level to Kirk's game, right? All these things when you, when you, but when you project and, and there's aging players in their early thirties that are kind of hanging on, trying not to fall off the age cliff, but provided health and everyone being maximized in new offensive and defensive schemes, I would put the Vikings up like the top five or six of if you tapped into the best version of each team, yep. 12, 13 wins, deep playoff run. Mm-hmm. And and now it's just about, and this is the biggest challenge, is can you get everything to come together and everyone to stay healthy? Right. Take out Kirk, and I, I would say if we had to put together a list of the five players you couldn't lose, because Kirk ha- has to be on that that list, but that's that. Unless you sign no, Bortles uh, as a backup. And oh, yeah. Well, case, Blake you know, Bortles no would be great. Deal. Yeah. But <laughs> if we put together a top five, right? Jefferson for sure. Hunter, I think, for sure. Because, like, if Thielen gets hurt, that's unfortunate. But you're, I don't think that you're go- going to, to say, oh, my God, the season's done. I would it's put Br- Brian O'Neill and I would put Christian Derrissa yeah. on that list. Yeah, we'll I like that. Mm-hmm. That's a good Who's, one. I'm trying to think. The, the, the fifth Cook one. wouldn't be on it because I like Cook. Um, I would probably Harrison put Smith? Dalvin Tomlinson or Harrison Phillips, just one of your your really important, often overlooked interior defensive linemen. Hmm. 
Everything okay. starts up front. Okay. Yeah, because it's just if Hunter to the the point that I, I think you uh, brought this up last week, but you know if Hunter stays healthy last year, I'm not saying that that deep defense is great, but it certainly doesn't go off the cliff that it did because he, he got hurt in what was that the seventh game against Dallas. So yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, final number five observations from the night practice at TCO Performance Center at the stadium. Um, this is one play, so this is a small thing, but I think oh, it's, let's blow it up. Blow but it I up. think it signifies well, and it's a good thing, and I think it signifies where this defense is going to a certain point. Um, Mannion threw a pass. I, I forget who, who the intended target was in um, in I think it was twos against twos. Brian Asamoa broke up the play. It was a very nice pass breakup, and when I saw it, I'm like, that's a nice play by the safety. Brian Asamoa's a linebacker, third rounder, and I think that he, as far as the new guard goes, he is the quintessential fit for what this team wants from that spot. From that spot. Like, it was one play, I get that. But when you watch these guys and you watch their speed and their handwork and their technique, it's a safety. It's a damn safety. And, and again, I think that that speaks volumes to what this defense is going to be able to do in being multiple, in being in presenting different looks, in, in, in calling itself a 3-4 base, but it's 4-3. It's 3-4. It, it, it throws numerous different permeations at opponents that confuse them. And Asamoa, I think, is the exact type of guy who's going to be a key part, if not in 2022, then certainly starting next year. So they're look they're just looking, you know, up front you need size, you need speed and size, but you you, know, you do need size. You need the Harrison Phillips, you need the Dalvin Tomlinsons up front. Right. But it sounds like second, third level, they're very interested in speed, athleticism being able to potentially play in a couple different spots like a Lewis scene, Harrison Smith can kind of come down into the box, right? Asamoah. So it's, it's a bunch of, and he, what is he like listed at two thirty five? Asamoah two forty, maybe, you know what? That's I think it's like two thirty or two thirty five. I'm going to guess. I, I have not yep. looked at this. I think he's listed around two thirty five, six feet, two twenty six, two twenty six. He's a linebacker. He's a safety. Yeah. He's a <laughs> linebacker. He's, he is a safety masquerading as a linebacker. Yeah. So, yeah, just a lot of quick, multiple, I like it. Put them all in a, in a bin mm-hmm. and let them wreak havoc on opposing offenses. So here, here's a quick thought off that point as well, too, especially with the direction that this is trending. I think because the pass game has become such the focal point, right? I think it used to be you want your defensive line to stop the run, but if they don't, the the... Linebacker pinches up, right? Run support. And that's how a guy gets a ton of tackles. He might not be good, but he gets a ton of tackles. I think the new theory is we got to have our our main guys, our DTs, stop the run. But we would prefer that the linebackers can address the pass, right? Because that's the way that – because it used to be – linebackers would be big, bulky, not fat, but bulkier guys, run support. And the game has changed now. And so I think it's like those guys, if they got isolated in, in the past game, were screwed. And Asamoa won't be. So I think that's the shift is is the premium now is put on how do we stop the pass? The run's important to, to stop 
and in our big defensive tackles need to stop that. But the most important thing is if they get a, a tight end or, God forbid, wide receiver running back on a linebacker, can my guy at least have a chance? Yeah, no, I love it. I love the evolution. That's some football for you. Everything on paper right now feels great, sounds great, and I, I think the offense will eventually start to click. Well, let's get let's get to the let's get to the confrontation here about the quarterbacks play here. The stare down between Judd and Kevin O'Connell. Very friendly. It was very friendly. I'm just curious if there's an encouragement for him to not take dumb risks, but arrange his thinking. How many, how many touchdowns has he thrown? Quite a few. Do you know the number? I don't, but... I don't either. But the pick, but the pick by Dantzler was a bad, unkirk-like pass. You know what? You're exactly right. And that's what... Uh, if you talk to some of the great quarterbacks in this league, I can remember Drew Brees one time talking about training camp being the time to try things and really, hey, we're coaching progressions, but what that looks like in that razor-thin margin of error, like, that's... you got to test those out. you got to understand, hey... You know, maybe I took the wrong footwork. Maybe I was a little late because I hung on my first progression a little bit too long, and that's really how our pass game works. Wow, what an exchange right there. So it you're was, you were just trying to get a feel for, hey, he's throwing some interceptions. Right. You're not trying to dog him. You're just asking, hey, is this is this a new aggressive Kirk? You guys, it sounds like you guys arrived at the same conclusion, which is is he is he pushing the envelope a little and Correct. testing some throws that maybe sure. he wouldn't? And the answer was yes. We are on the same page. We're 100 percent on the same page. And I think that this is an underrated, and it's sort of below the surface because people aren't going to talk a, a lot about it, but Kirk broached it himself with that read. You, you know, Kevin told me to take the first read, and ordinarily I don't. He's definitely being challenged, and he is definitely throwing passes I don't think he throws. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. But it's an incredibly interesting thing because you're trying to retrain a man's brain who has been a starting quarterback in, in this league since what 2016 mm -hmm. and so yeah this is not a it's not confrontational it's not a criticism it is uh is this is he throwing picks and as o'connell said this is the time to do it he's exactly right about that and i agree but i do think it's an incredibly interesting storyline too because this this is the grand experiment right phil mm -hmm. like if this works and it might, who knows, if this works, Kevin O'Connell is going to then implement what he thinks Kirk should do, and that's how you maximize Kirk. If it doesn't work and Kirk's like, okay, it's game day, I got to go back to, to being, you know, uh, risk-adverse Kirk, different story. So, yes, this is where I think it's a really interesting topic. It's very fascinating that Kevin O'Connell brought up the name Drew Brees. Because there's a lot of people out there, a lot of Vikings fans too, that have that have referenced Drew Brees, and I think it's, I think people need to pump the brakes a little here and say, well, Drew Brees was kind of a 500 quarterback that you know was was stuck with a bad organization. The you know the early 2000s Chargers were not a very good organization. Then once he got over to New Orleans and an offensive minded coach, boom, he explodes and becomes. Now people forget a couple things. Drew Brees was was actually getting a lot better the last couple of years in San Diego. I think there were some, some signs that he was going to become a superstar. But mm -hmm. Drew Brees was 27 years old when he went from San Diego to New Orleans. Kirk was third, 29 or 30 when he went from Washington to Minnesota. But immediately upon joining Sean Payton, genius offensive mind, he spikes a career high in yardage, spikes a, yards per game, 
um, he threw in year three in that system. He threw for five thousand yards, led the league. Thirty-four touchdowns, led the league. Uh, led the league in average net yards per attempt as well. So, yeah, like is is there maybe a comparison that hey, finally, if you can get with the right offensive-minded coach, if you're Kirk Cousins, then you can unlock this extra level. So the I. I don't know that it was a coincidence that he just dropped the name Drew Brees. I wonder if they are talking about that comparison and thinking about it behind closed doors over at the Vikings practice facility. I love that because I don't think O'Connell drops things without a reason. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't and, think and of that. And Drew Brees, by the way, threw a lot it. of interceptions. Yeah, Drew, Drew Brees led the league in interceptions <laughs> in the middle of his prime in 2012. And through here, here are Drew Brees' oh, wow. interception tolls. Because we th- think of Drew- you are. When you think of Drew Brees, you think of yardage and you think of completion percentage. He set the completion percentage record. He's one of the only quarterbacks to ever. I think he has more 5,000-yard seasons than anyone in the history of the league. But you don't think as much about the interceptions. Here are his interception totals in his career. 16, 15, 7 in 2004. That was his first Pro Bowl year. 15, 11, 18, 17, 11, 22, 14, 19, 12, 17, 11, 15, and then at the end of his career, when he was 38, he finally figured out a way to kind of put all of it together. But he also was not taking as many risks down the field because his arm wasn't, his shoulder was messed up. Right. Or elbow, whatever the, I think it was shoulder for him. Shoulder. It was a shoulder. So, so I, the more I think about this, the more I talk this through, they're probably using not only Matthew Stafford as an example. Hey, this guy led the league in picks. Don't go too crazy with him. He scaled him back when he needed to. But mm-hmm. he led the league in picks and was hoisting a Lombardi at the end of the year. Drew Brees, first ballot Hall of Famer, whenever it's time, threw 243 career interceptions through 18, 22, 19, 17, 16 in different seasons. But he tapped into this whole new upside of more touchdowns, more yardage, more points for the offense, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So I guarantee that wasn't a coincidence. That's very interesting. And Kirk, uh, if, if you do that comp, I, I mean, Kirk's arm is superior. So like arm strength wise. Yeah, that I bet you know what? Now that you brought that up, I bet they see Kirk and the Breeze comp more than the Stafford comp. Mm. I bet that's mm. the comp they see. O- O'Connell doesn't O'Connell gives answers that are excessively long, but I think he I, he's got a message to deliver. So that's the fact that you say that, I think you're right. I think he said that on purpose. I think Very that's the comp. Very interesting. I think that's the comp. But anyway, like this is the, this to me is the most interesting story of training camp that's going to play out sort of quietly. But, you know, when you see Kirk make throws and you're like, what the hell? That's not the Kirk I know. Like, that's not a mistake. And he's not. He's, I, I mean, he didn't just come back and say, you know what? I'm going to be reckless now. I'm reckless, Kirk. I'm cooler. He, he's been told, hey, we need to do this. And, and the one thing Kirk – so Kirk will never criticize, and Kirk doesn't give answers that are consistently across the board great, but Kirk will always tip his hand so that you sort of know if something's going wrong, why. And unfortunately, that's often to deflect away from Kirk being blamed for it. Uh, but when Kirk brought up that first read thing, and Kevin told me you got to make that throw, you got—I mean, that wasn't just like a, a slip up by Kirk. Kirk was telling you that 
for a reason. And O'Connell wants him to do exactly that. And the Breeze comparison coming from the Chargers, where I think you could make a very coherent case that he didn't get great coaching to a place where he clearly did with Sean Payton and is Kevin O'Connell's Kirk Cousins, Sean Payton. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah, that's something. I wonder if there's a way where old Judd Zolgag can ask. Is there someone around there? Can you even ask Kevin O'Connell? Hey, you mentioned Drew Brees. Is there? But the problem is he's not going to want to compare Cousins to no, Brees directly. No, and he'll downplay it at that point in time. Like, but it's you could, all you could subtle, almost. Right? You're kind of our surrogate here because you're there front facing with Kevin O'Connell. So I wonder if there's a way to ask that to him and say, listen, I, I don't want to like compare Brees and Cousins, and that I know that's not what you were doing, but you did reference Drew Brees throwing interceptions. Right. What is that balance? Drew Brees threw a ton of interceptions, but is one of the seven, eight greatest quarterbacks of all time. Yeah, that might not you know? be a great press conference question because I think he, I think at that point in time he'd bail out. Yeah. But I might, I might see if I. No, I don't want to. You know, he doesn't want it to be on. Yeah, and I, and I don't talk, but, for that. Yeah. Like Interesting. It, though, Before we get to what are people saying about the Vikings here quickly, uh, let's say hi to our friends over at uh, Equity Partners. So. Uh, Equity Partners is here to help make the house selling experience as hassle-free as humanly possible by doing a few different things. So when you partner with Equity Partners and you and you take advantage of the We Have program, they will partner with you to fix up your home before you put it on the market. From simple fixes to total remodels, they will help you get the most value for your home. And then there's no dealing with showings and all that hassle. You can put offers in on your next home, non-contingent, on the sale of yours. So, so many things to make the house selling process 100% hassle-free through Equity Partners, equitypartnersmn.com. They are huge supporters and fans of Purple Daily, too, so uh, you'd be working with one of us, so to speak. Equitypartnersmn.com or 612-999-2244. Uh, Brainerd International Raceway still rocking and rolling this summer, Declan. That's right. August 18th to the 21st. The annual Lucas Oil Nationals is coming to Brainerd International Raceway. Ground-pounding, lightning-fast, blow-your-mind drag racing, Football. baby. Vroom, vroom. Vroom, vroom. Actually, Phil's actually at Brainerd International. He's not at the hotel. He's literally just si- sipping on nitro fuel right now in Brainerd, just getting ready That's for nice. the Lucas Oil Nationals. He's ready I've for got night- an, I- an IV of Nas, just, yes. Uh-huh, he's ready to go. Uh, BIRMN.com for tickets and camping information. Again, center stage, four days, ground-pounding, lightning-fast, blow-your-mind drag racing the Lucas Oil Nationals at Brainerd International Raceway, August 18th to the 21st. Get your tickets at BIRMN.com. And Federated Insurance has been around for over 100 years, helping businesses maximize their level of success. And their history is rich with innovative, committed people that are guided by a core set of principles and values that hold up 100 years later. They bring all of this expertise and experience to your business through risk management tools and protection. Find out more at federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. So, uh, today's edition of What Are People Saying About the Vikings, we go to ESPN.com. Bill Barnwell is one of the analytics. I think he is pretty much the analytics godfather at ESPN.com. Yep. And there's kind of a, it's just kind of a parlay of what are people saying about the Vikings. Item number one is they are featured in an article entitled Weaknesses for All 14 Super Bowl Contenders. So we're going to find out what the Vikings' weakness is, according to Bill Barnwell, but... It is part of a 14 Super Bowl contenders list. Plan the parade. I'm taking it. They, yeah. 
They made the list. That's all that counts. They made the list. So they're the tournament. Their chances to make the playoffs, according to ESPN's FPI right now, 54.4%. So kind of a coin flip chance to make the playoffs. And their biggest Achilles heel, according to the analytics, offensive line. Not necessarily a shocker. Here's the write-up. You guys tell me what you think. Mm -hmm. Same as it ever was for the Vikings, who've seemingly been attempting to solidify their offensive line for most of the past decade. They certainly have invested plenty of picks into line help over the past few years. But the only upper echelon starter they can count on right now is Brian O'Neill. O'Neill is one of five linemen drafted either in the first or second round on the roster. Center Garrett Bradbury had his fifth-year option declined, likely in his final year with the team. He might be pushed by veteran Chris Reed. They talk about Ezra Cleveland improving a little bit. Um, Ed Ingram is in the mix now. The key is Christian Derrissaw, who ranked 67th out of 68 tackles in pass block win rate a year ago. That information doesn't jive as much with pro football focus, so I'm curious as to how ESPN PFF differ on right. Christian Derrissaw. Um, if he takes a step forward in year two and becomes a solid left tackle, Vikings can at least count on having a solid pass protection unit on the edges, so the interior being the biggest bulk of the problem. Interesting. On Derrissaw, I, I believe, like he is, if there was to be um, internally from the Vikings a, a top three uh, storylines of guys or positions that they are pleased with in camp thus far. Derisaw might be one. He's certainly two. Um, I think the expectation for Christian Derisaw in year two is that he's going to take three steps forward, not one. Uh, I think that there is a huge confidence, and he looks good. And and here's the great thing, too. Um, this line, when the ones go against the ones, these guys are going against really good players. So, so like, you're, you're getting a good read. Uh, which, which is why when Bradbury gets blown off the ball, it's a problem because then you're like, okay, he's getting blown off the ball by a pretty good, good guy. And, you know, in weeks one and two of the season, it's going to get harder. Um, conversely, in Derisa, who who we probably have not talked about enough on this show, I think that there is a tremendous confidence um, and, and a tremendous happiness with how he, he's played. And to Barnwell's point, it's not that Bradbury's not important. He definitely is. Interior pressure has to be kept to a minimum. That being said, if you have solved the tackle positions, you probably have, knock on wood for your case, solved them for like five years. Mm-hmm. So this is this is a, mm-hmm. if, if O'Neal continues to play like he definitely has, and Derisaw takes the steps that they are expecting him to, um, what were problem spots at one point are now barring injury, entirely fixed, that is enormous. Yep. Amen. Yep. Look at this optimism on today's show. You think Judd's negative. You think Purple Daily is too negative. I don't know what more you could have asked for there. Just an injection of positivity here on this Tuesday episode. Mm -hmm. We're balanced. Yes, we are. I wouldn't say we're fair and balanced because that tagline was uh, taken. I would not either. Potentially corrupted, but... We're definitely balanced. Yes, we are. How about bu- buzzed and balanced? That's our tagline. Buzz, buzz factory. Oh, buzz <laughs> factory. Oh, buzz factory. You got the buzz factory. By the way, speaking of buzz, uh, thanks to Judd Zolgad's videographer work and some other more more uh, close up clips of our show, where you can see up our nostrils, we're almost to ten thousand TikTok followers. So if you guys aren't following on TikTok, you're missing out on some wildly entertaining clips and content from Vikings practice and from our nostrils. So check us out. Uh, help us get to 10,000. Thank you so much for being part of our daily Vikings entertainment community. 
We're looking forward to uh, the season starting in about a month from now. And if you haven't, clicked subscribe on the Score North YouTube channel and the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Please do so, and we will give you this daily entertainment in your feeds. See you guys.